uniting thousands to worship one. This is United Breaks Out. Hello and welcome to the New Wine FM Breaks Out podcast. We've reached the end of United Breaks Out and what a weekend it's been. We've heard so many stories of people gathering in church groups and family communities, obviously at a safe distance, to worship God together. Today we'll be looking at yesterday's main events with an interview with Chris Lane who spoke in Impact in the Evening to the Archbishop of Canterbury who shared a message in the arena. But first of all, I've been listening again to the message we heard yesterday morning in both Arena and Impact. Nicola Neal is the CEO of Every Life and she's also on the national leadership team for New Wine England. This morning she's been speaking in both Arena and Impact venues on perhaps the best known psalm, number 23, The Lord is My Shepherd. It's a psalm that's meant a great deal to her recently. I personally, over the last few months, have found Psalm 23 both very comforting and encouraging to me. But I've also found it deeply challenging. I'm deeply challenged by its beautifully bold declaration that even when we're walking through the most challenging moments of life, even when we're journeying through the deepest, darkest valley, even the valley of the shadow of death itself, we can do so in complete peace because of the simple yet transformational truth that the most powerful being in the universe is our shepherd. And he is walking with us and continually restoring our souls. The words can sometimes wash over us and we don't really take them in. Fear can actually be a very powerful emotion. And actually, if we allow it to, it can be a very debilitating and paralysing emotion. When everything that we have depended upon suddenly feels like it's starting to change and shift around, he doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and he will be the same forever. And he is good and he is with us. You see, Jesus, he never promised us that life would be easy. In fact, in John 16, you can, you can read where he says, I tell you these things so that in me, in me, Jesus, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say in this world, you might have trouble. He said in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world. I think sometimes we read Psalm 23 and, and we can be a little bit selective, you know. We, we quite like to read the bit about him leading us beside quiet waters or laying us down in green pastures and restoring our souls. And we love the promise of surely, you know, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I'll live in the house of the Lord forever. And we love those kind of parts of this psalm. But we can try and distance ourselves a little bit from the valley. But it's not always that easy, is it? How can we be light in the darkness if we are afraid of the dark? 
as the church, we have to learn how to navigate through the valley so that then we can come alongside other people journeying through the valley too and walk with them in it. The valley actually can be a place of incredible discovery. And I think that actually there are some things we can only discover, some truths and the beauty of those that we can only discover whilst in the valley. That place can be a really bewildering one unless we have support. Because the one who takes hold of the ashes of our lives and transforms it into something beautiful is journeying right there with us. Unfailing, unwavering, unchanging, always present. Even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. When we have that assurance, is it right to keep it to ourselves? That's part of Nicola's challenge to us as individuals and as a church. If you'd like to listen to the whole talk again, or perhaps for the first time, you'll find it on the United Breaks Out YouTube channel or online at breaksout.new-wine.org. These last words just give a taste of what she concludes. No longer... As the church, can we afford to sit back on the sidelines and, and pray over a problem that's kind of over there and ask the Lord to come down and sort out the mess? No, we can't do that any longer. It's time for us to roll our sleeves up, to get our hands dirty, to climb down inside people's valleys and walk life with them, to get alongside people and literally walk with them and help lead them towards the same peace, bringing life, giving hope that we too have found in our great shepherd. With Nicola's words still ringing in our ears, we turn to yesterday evening's celebration and Jen Swallow has been reflecting on what she heard. This is United Breaks Out on New Wine FM. This evening in the arena, we heard from both Paul Harcourt and Justin Welby. Paul is New Wine's national leader and he's also the vicar at All Saints Woodford Wells. Paul starts off by acknowledging that we've all experienced lockdown in different ways. And while we may be past it for some, most of us will still at least be working through what this time has brought and meant for us. He acknowledges that the effects of this period will be with us for some time to come. And so perhaps if we're not quickly returning to normal, perhaps this is a crossroad moment. A crossroads moment for us as a nation and for us as a church in this nation. Maybe also a crossroad moment for you as an individual. So what is the Spirit saying? So we can listen to him and choose wisely. Well, I was led to a famous verse about crossroads from the prophet Jeremiah. It's Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16 where he says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. 
ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Paul goes on to highlight four specific words from that passage. The first one is stand. Whatever our experience during lockdown, it's the opportunity to listen to the Holy Spirit, especially about rhythms and relationships. And the second word is look. The opportunity to look and to listen, to be more aware of people and opportunities, and to be the salt and the light. At this point, he refers to Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. It's a great Bible verse. But once you know what it really means, I think it speaks even more powerfully and especially to this situation from which we're beginning to emerge. The context here is the context of exile. The people of God have been through the dev devastating experience. And in chapter 28, the false prophet Hananiah says, don't worry, it'll soon be back to normal. But along comes Jeremiah in chapter 29 and he says, I've got bad news, it won't. It won't quickly go back to normal. In actual fact, you're going to be stuck here for 70 years. And so what you need to do is you need to settle down and you need to engage with the community where you're set. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city where you are. And then the promise that we love to celebrate. The Lord says, I will prosper you, give you a hope and give you a future. Paul goes on to his third word, ask. We can choose to do things differently but we need to ask what and how to change. The truth is that as Christians, we've often been very similar to the culture around us. We've been little different from those who aren't Christians, but God calls us to be distinctively different. And I think maybe the old paths that Jeremiah is referring to here, for us, I think this would mean things like righteousness and holiness, that the challenge to reset to refocus and to repent, is to embrace again a distinctive lifestyle of being sold out from God and maybe liberated from some of the gods of the culture around us. Maybe for us it's also about patterns of prayer, the personal quiet time and the corporate intercession life that we share together. Now we may never have said that those things were dated or unnecessary, but actually in the lives that we live, we've often been very shallow. And so we say that those things are important. You know, yeah, yeah, we, prayer is really important in the life of the church, but we've given it lip service rather than really deeply engaged with the life of God. What is God calling us back to so that we can go on better? And the fourth word that Paul brings our attention to is walk. A call to daily dependence on God. A walk that's in step with his spirit. I think what it will look like for us as individuals and as the wider church is this. I think it will look like courage and confidence. Our vision for this conference wasn't that the church would emerge from lockdown timid, but that we might be equipped and encouraged by being together so that we would emerge prayed up and fired up and ready to bring a message of hope and healing to our wider society that needs so much healing because it's hurting so much at the moment. So this is an opportunity, this season in which we're in, 
an opportunity for the church in our country to, to embrace new forms, to become more missional. For us as individual Christians to realise that though we love the big gatherings, we don't need the big gatherings and the anointed individuals. We don't need the big thing, the big celebration, whether it's Sunday by Sunday in our local church or even summer by summer events like New Wine United. We have the opportunity to be empowered individuals in our daily walk with the Lord. And then as empowered disciples being dispersed into our society, being salt and light and making a difference throughout the week, everywhere where he places us and sends us. Paul sees this as an opportunity to tackle some of the big subjects, a chance to rise up and to offer help and healing. Finally, he encourages us not to return straight back to busyness. He asks, what has the Holy Spirit shown you during this time? If you want to hear Paul's full message from the arena, you can see it on the United Breaks Out website at new-wine.org forward slash breaks out. And Jen will be back later to share with us her thoughts on what Archbishop Justin Welby had to say in the same celebration. United 2020 on New Wine FM. Of course, United Breaks Out hasn't been all about the adults. Luminosity has been encouraging thousands of young people over the last few days. If you're interested, go to weiluminosity.org. Sally and Dave Roper listened in to last night's celebration. You're listening to New Wine FM and this is the Luminosity Podcast. I'm Sally Roper. I'm Dave Roper. And we're really, really glad to be coming back to you again, aren't we? It is lovely to be with you again. This is the final Luminosity evening session. It is. Um, and, and what a session. It was a really, <gasps> really great session. It was great. It was so, so good. So much really good stuff there. It was so good. And we kicked off, first of all, with some fantastic worship. Yep, yep. And then the very beautiful dot chatting to the magnificent Ruth. Yes. I say magnificent because she set up Magnify. Yep. If you go over, if you're an Instagrammer, then Magnify Collective is what you're looking for on Instagram. Um, she was awesome. I loved what she was saying. And I don't know if you saw this, but I feel like in the last three days, the things that we have seen, there have been, there's a thread. There is a thread. Yes. So first night we heard from Joel and he spoke about social media stuff and yep. vlogging. And then we heard from Daisy and she was talking about becoming an actress and wanting to go into that training. Yep. And now we've heard from Ruth and Ruth set up Magnify, which was all about um, really about just enabling people to reach Jesus, wasn't it, really? Yeah. And magnifying Jesus. And a Christian presence in media. Yeah, absolutely. And so what I have noticed is all of those people spoke about the need to only have Jesus as the one that they need approval from. Yeah. The audience of one. I yeah. am doing this for an audience of one. I'm doing this just for God. Yeah. That phrase or some version of that has just come up again and again, hasn't yeah, it? it? Audience really has. of one, just for Jesus, focusing on him. Really great. And I can really totally great. relate to that because mm. I think, you know, I am a talker. I have a background in theatre. I was a teacher. I'm a mum. I like chatting with other women. And over the years, I've done things like um, a little bit of sort of uh, blogging and some vloggy type stuff. And actually, I've got to the point in my life where I've realised that I just want to do what God wants me to do. And it's God's yeah. approval that I need, even though yeah. I really like it when people like me. And I really like it when people go, oh, you're so funny. Or we just have such a good friendship. Actually, it's God's opinion of me that really matters. Yeah. And he really, really loves me. Yeah. But I just thought it was really great. Um, 
and yeah just that idea of God is partnering with you any any dream that you have if God's put it on your heart it'll God he'll just walk through it with you he will see it come to fruition and in a bigger way than you can ever imagine yeah that was awesome I thought it was great. It was really, really good. And then, oh. after hearing from Ruth, we then had an absolutely astonishing sermon, sermonette, talk, whatever you want to call it, from Daniel Strickland. It was astonishing. It was so great. It, was ju- it just felt like there was so much richness, so much packed in in such a short space of time. It yeah. felt like she had so much to say. Um, and, yeah, it, it was just it was just great. It was just a lot of stuff. You're like, write that down, write that down. Yeah, and really what she was talking about, she was talking about shining like stars. Yes. She spoke a lot about this idea of us being the light of the world. And, mm. again, that's come up a few times as well. Yeah, Thursday evening, co- the guy who spoke, he spoke about, about being, being salty, salty didn't being he? the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Yeah. Um, he was more concentrated on the saltiness, and now we've had a bit more on the lightness and one of the things that i loved what she said she spoke about what blinds do you know when you pull the blind down it's not because you're scared of the dark and you're trying to cut out the dark the idea is you put a blind down to cut out the light Mm. because actually the light is the thing that has the power and Mm. what she said was light has a penetrative power and darkness does not have a penetrative power the darkness cannot penetrate the light and it's amazing if you Mm. think if we're called to be the light of the world and we have penetrative power that means we can totally change any situation that we go into mm. and what she was talking about is when you're light of the world you're not afraid mm. you're not afraid yeah. at all because you can see everything you know what you're doing and you're free finally to be the you you were supposed to be all along yeah. and you get to shine but oh this was my favorite she spoke about the fact that when she had researched stars and how stars were made, that she discovered that stars were made under extreme pressure. Yep. That's how stars are born, under extreme pressure. And stars are then, they basically, they then burst into this amazing flame. And it's good. It's yep. good. It's beautiful. And she spoke about lockdown, didn't she? Yeah, and she said of course, that we're all under a lot of pressure. We're yeah. all, you know, locked down. We've got this virus and we don't know what to do about it and we don't know what to do with ourselves and we don't know where to go and what to do and all the rest of it. And she said, what if that pressure, what if that pressure of our current situation is what is going to birth stars? What if that is what is got that pressure is going to help birth that light within us and cause mm. that light that God has placed within us to burst forth for the benefit of others? Amazing. And um, yeah, it was just like, Yes, that sounds right. That sounds great. And I was listening to that and it just made me think there's stuff stirring in me again. Mm. I know that I, you know, I'm, I'm nearly 43 years old and I've been doing the same job for a couple of years now. We're working together and but new things are starting to come from the work that we do. And it made me excited. And I thought, how many people out there listening are feeling a new thing bursting into flames how many people are feeling the pressure of what we've just gone through starting to be uh almost like a focusing power for where we're going now and i'm excited about that i'm excited about what's being said at luminosity this year i'm excited about the next year um before we meet together as united 21 Mm. really excited um 
But I'm excited to see the things that will be birthed this year because of the pressure people have been under. Our prayer for you is that you will have heard the voice of God this week. And especially you Luminosity guys, we just are excited about what God is doing in you. The, the little whispers and the great big loud shouts and calls over your lives. Our prayer is that you will have the most amazing night tonight and that um, tomorrow afternoon you'll grab the rest of the stuff that's available to you and that it will change you completely. God bless you guys. We love you. Bye bye. This is United Breaks Out on New Wine FM. The speaker for Sunday evening's Impact Stream was Chris Lane. Gary Dell caught up with him a couple of days ago on a less than ideal collection. He started by asking a little about Chris himself. I'm Chris Lane and I'm from Salford, which is just near Manchester. I've got kind of two jobs really. I work for St. Melitus College in based in the northwest. I kind of do some work around lecturing in mission and church planting and I do a lot of the kind of looking after the pioneer ministers in training at the, the pioneer ordinance. And then the rest of my week, I uh, work in Langworthy in Salford with my church, which is called Langworthy Community Church. And I'm part of the leadership team of that church. Chris then told me how he was involved with United Breaks Out and what he'd chosen to preach on. I'm involved with the Impact venue and I'm doing one of the evening celebration talks. So I've been involved in Impact before a couple of years ago. I did the morning Bible readings. I love Impact because it's the one that's really focused on uh, churches from estate type backgrounds. And so um, I'm really looking forward to that. When I was asked to preach, I was I was really praying about it. And Luke's gospel is my favourite of all the gospels. And um, I just love the way that Luke tells the stories about Jesus's interactions with the most unlikely people. And so I, w- I went straight to Luke's gospel, really, as I was praying about it. And in chapter 15, you've got the three parables about the lost things. So you've got the lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son. And um, I've been reflecting a lot on those three parables and what they can teach us during this kind of time of lockdown. And so I wanted to I wanted to kind of expand on what are the main points I can get out of uh, those three stories in Luke 15. So what was it about those three parables in Luke 15 that appealed to him? I guess it's such a unique time. And, and one of the things I noticed, we were looking very locally all of a sudden and then seeing what was in front of us and what's around us. And, you know, we've been restricted in where we can go. Uh, we can't travel around. We can't go and sort everything out and solve everyone's problems. And we start to see things that we didn't see before. I noticed things in my garden that were beautiful. And I noticed things about my family that I didn't notice before. And, and so there's this kind of time of looking and seeing. And, and I think especially, in the story the father is looking and he's attentive to that possibility of the return of the son and i think one of the most beautiful lines in the whole scripture it says that while the son was still a long way off the father sees him and he's filled with compassion for him and and i guess one of the big things that i was feeling for this time was that god is calling us to look with his eyes at the people who are right in front of us, the people who are our neighbours, uh, who live in our communities, and to see them and notice them, and that God would fill us with compassion for them. And in our restrictions, actually, God is freeing us in a new way to see things that we might not have noticed before. That's one of the, the big themes that I start to bring out in the talk. 
Chris's church ministry is very relational. So how did he find his ministry affected by lockdown? And did he do anything differently? I guess one of the things we found during this time is I felt quite useless a lot of the time because I can't do my usual things and I can't see people in the way that I used to. And one of the things we did was to put out a few videos during Holy Week this year. And one of them, I was praying at the end of it. It was on Easter Saturday and, and I just prayed and I felt like God said, there might be someone watching who, you know, it might be 20 years ago, they'd lost uh, a close family member and they were still really hurting about it. And, and someone got in touch with me the next day and they said, I was just watching that video. And it was ex- that day, that Easter Saturday was exactly 20 years since my dad died. And I'm still grieving about it. And God started to bring me healing. And, and I started to think, wow, that was just me sitting in my shed at home in my garden just doing a little talk and thinking I wonder if anyone will even watch this and actually it had a massive effect on that one person and so I think although it's different and it it can't possibly be remote the same it's the same God who is reaching people and so for me it's just God will do this in a different way and it'll feel different and we'll miss being together but actually God can still do amazing things through this so I'm really excited about it. And what did Chris think about the idea that church online could be a more effective way to reach certain communities? One of the things we found in our community is that there's been a problem with the schools going online and a number of our families just can't actually get access to the resources that they need because they don't have the right kind of devices at home or they don't have sufficient Wi-Fi to to access the things that, that they need to. So I think that it's not that straightforward that people can instantly access these things. Um, equally, we can reach more people that, than usual. But I think I think what we've tried to do in, in Languithy in terms of reaching people is that combination of online resource, but also visiting people, um, knocking on doors and standing at the end of the gate or standing two metres away from the door, just chatting to people and visiting people. And I think there needs to be both of those things. And I guess the, the great thing about New Wine is that people come with local churches, don't they? So they're not just randomly turning up, but they're all supported by local churches. And so you will get both of those things. So the people who are most likely to watch the impact streams will also be connected to a church which hopefully is looking out for them and visiting them and, and trying to to help them access it and stuff. I think it's not so straightforward to just say this will be an easy way to reach lots of people in more deprived areas but actually it's always about the local church and it's always about us being there for people and, uh, and being a, a consistent long-term presence uh, in our communities as well and, and I think the online stuff can bring extra people in but the, the job that we have is to signpost them to a community where they can be discipled and where they can uh, find support and and, and a relationship with Jesus in that way because I think that it's not enough for us as church just to be online it's it's been a good thing and and it will continue to be a good thing but it's just an extra thing for me. So what can church online be an effective tool for? It's one of the big themes of these three parables is the searching for the treasure, looking out for the sun, uh, searching for the sheep. And the online thing that the church has been kind of forced into is another searching. It's another way to search for the treasure that God has for us, uh, the people. And it's another place to look. People can search for the treasure as in Jesus and, and log into our 
things, but it's, it's us that are searching for the treasure that Jesus has for us, us the people who don't know him yet, but need to know him, the, the ones that need healing, uh, the ones who need hope. And this, this is just another way that we can search in that way. One of the big things that we emphasize uh, over the years in, in Impact is about that presence in a community. But actually, you can be present for years and years in a community and just meet the same people again and again because some of them are hiding in different places. Some of them don't come out and some of them go only to a certain place and we need to get all over the place in order to find the treasures that, that God has for us, whether it's in a pub or a community centre or knocking on doors or um, at different groups, being a governor of a school, whatever it is, there's all sorts of places where treasure can be found. But I think one of the big things from these lost parables especially the one of the coin, is that woman uh, who's searching for the coin, it's just one coin, but she turned the house upside down. And, and you know, the, sh- the shepherd leaves the 99 to, to find the one. And, and so there's like a cost to these things. And we have to have that kind of passion to find the treasures that God has got for us. And, and I think, like you say, the online stuff is another, another way that we can do that. Despite all this, Chris's message for United Breaks Out is being delivered online. What does he hope people watching will be inspired to do? One of my big hopes it would be that when we start to encounter the living God, not just at big meetings with big crowds and great music, but sitting at our kitchen tables in our lounges, and we find that actually the same Holy Spirit is with us there, that suddenly we go, actually, God can do this right now in this room. And, and when I have friends around who don't know Jesus... The spirit is with me then as well. And I don't have to just go to some big meeting and someone else does it for me. But I can ask the Holy Spirit to come here. And I think that's one of the big things we've done with our church over the years is to go, let's go into the middle of our shopping precincts in Salford and offer prayer for people and see what happens because we're to be a people who who go after the lost in that way, who are who are passionate in that way to see God's kingdom come. The great thing about the um, the lost parables in Luke 15 is that there are wild parties at the end of each each one, and maybe we can be the par- the party people in our streets, not the not the ones who kind of keep everyone awake till three in the morning, but who are actually rejoicing because of the goodness of God and the things that God does. And the parables teach us we go after the one sheep, the one coin the one son. And I think what God is doing in our time is is pointing us again to the ones and the twos, just the ones that live across the street from us that we might say hello to. And actually we're seeing them as beloved children of God. So that's what I would love to see people realise that as they meet encounter the spirit in their ordinary places, that they would also realise that therefore God can meet with anyone at any point through us and in us and, and and that his spirit is is not restricted to meetings but he actually wants to encounter people all over the place if you want to hear chris lane's full talk you can do so at new-wine.org forward slash breaks out and finally we return to jen swallow who ponders the message shared by the archbishop of canterbury justin welby in the arena last night After hearing from Paul Harcourt this evening, we heard from Justin Welby. Justin is the 105th Archbishop of Canterbury and the most senior bishop in the Church of England. 
He spoke of the four crises, moments of decision, that our country and our world have been going through. COVID-19, the upsurge of a cry of justice, historic change in the economy, and Brexit. He asks a very good question. Community spirit and generosity, is it for always, or only with the adrenaline boost of crisis? And he speaks of how this time has revealed a dependence on debt, the dangers of inequality, and the effects of populism. Not only that, but a, a, a plague of short-termism, the absence of commonly owned vision, a sense of what God is calling us to be for the future of our country and its place for good in a world of need. Are we called to be a nation that historically reaches out for healing and renewing the world? Or are we called to look after ourselves? Crises generate adrenaline. Their consequences require hard work. Crises reveal weaknesses. Their consequences must be changed, brought in with determination and faithfulness. Justin used the example of Ahaz and Isaiah when things had been going really well, but a threat produced panic. He reminds us that the book of Revelation tells us we will experience spiritual warfare here on earth. God will return when God returns. None of us know Jesus said that. But from time to time, we see more clearly what is happening in heaven. What the book of Revelation tells every generation, not just the last one. There is no security in this world except to be with Jesus Christ. Are God's people, are we, is the church, able to show that faithfulness? We show it in worship, in joy and service, not in self-seeking and in fear that seeks our protection. Ahaz is offered anything in chapter 7, and yet seeks nothing. We have everything in potential at least, because the work of God in Jesus is complete. Let us be a people who show by our way of life that we stand only and solely because of faith. Justin encourages us to show faith in worship and joy of service in our way of life. He speaks of the time that he's had recently serving inside a local hospital, visiting those being treated for COVID-19 and seeing those who go in every day to work. He encourages us to show faith through our transparent repentance when we go wrong. The beauty of Christ is seen in one people of all races and nations in God, here and in heaven. Justin also encourages us to show faith through our confident proclamation. He says we must be witnesses of the hope that Jesus brings us. The Christian community shining his light in every corner. If we are to speak the gospel, we must be a Christian community that lives the gospel. That means a visibly gospel community, a visibly gospel-shaped service to the poor, a visibly and sacrificially gospel-shaped commitment to building a society of holiness and justice 
That is the greatest adventure going, for God is with us. Emmanuel. And he gave the example, 20 people who used to attend cathedral morning prayers in Canterbury has grown to 40 to 50,000 people watching the prayers online every morning. Apparently, more people have seen the Dean of Canterbury's cat online than those who have visited Canterbury Cathedral in its 1,400-year history. There is no going back for God. For God, by his Spirit, is opening the way to a new world in a new church, and the Spirit says, come with me. Pick up your cross. Of course it's heavy. Carry it. Share the burden and pain. For before us is heaven, and those with faith will find purpose that is worth life itself. Community that carries the weak, an image of the people of God lived out. And at the end, the trumpets sounding on the other side of the river of death. Come, Holy Spirit. You can hear the full talk at new-wine.org forward slash breaks out. Uniting thousands to worship one. This is United Breaks Out. Thank you for listening to the New Wine FM Breaks Out podcast. We'll be back later with one final show where we'll be looking at this morning's main sessions, playing some of the best bits we didn't get the chance to cover over the weekend, and looking forward to where New Wine United goes next. You've been listening to a podcast from New Wine FM. For more information, visit new-wine.org forward slash breaks out.